0: P.S. I Love You XOXO is brought to you by Squarespace. Build it beautiful. What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode fifteen. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the Pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. It's good to be here with you today. It's good to be here with you today as well, wearing your best 311 shirt. Well, one of them. One mm. of them. How many you got? I'm floating around probably like five or six, but I just really really I it. know the yep. grass one. Yeah, grassroots. But mm-hmm. it says grass in the front. So mm-hmm. you're I know this one. Mm-hmm. What are the other two or
1: three? I have a 311 blue album shirt with the alien face on the back. I have a 311 oh. day 2004 shirt. I have a kind of corny-ass shirt I got in 2000. What's that? What's that one it's look like, like? It's just them. It's like them as aliens playing that I bought. It was like a tour shirt. Sure. Because that was my first 311 show.
0: So, yeah. Was that a big deal for you?
1: Yeah, it was awesome. It was amazing. Yeah. My sister brought me with her boyfriend. Yeah. She fucking hated them. So, <laughs> she just... <laughs> did, ha- she knew you loved him? Yeah. She, did the boyfriend love him? No. So, they, they this like... This
0: is totally, like, a good-for-you kind
1: y- of Yeah. my My friend Bryce and I, they she brought us, and we went into... Uh, we. Two Skinny jays opened, which is awesome, and then Incubus um, before they really were anything. Before they were when, Incubus. When Make Yourself came out. And uh, they, I think they stayed in the parking lot and got drunk or something. Nice. Yeah. Good. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Responsible. It was at Jones Beach. That's what they have to do. I understand. Yeah. Jones
0: Beach was a good venue from what I hear. It's a great venue. Yeah. Right on the, uh, right on the uh, ocean. Well, let's begin with the most important question, Colin. Okay. How close are you to having your Taco Master Vita?
1: Game so, so stupid! Like th- this is Taco Master taking is, the world by storm. This is the thing that I'm. I'm you got to be worried about with Taco Master is yeah. that is that you're really turning people onto a game that's like a generic iPhone game. Now, yeah. it's, it's, I'm not. I'm not trying to necessarily make fun of it, but like you're really like getting people to buy a game that
0: is is not anything special whatsoever. But is getting people playing their Vitas. Sure, that's the most important thing, Colin. Vitas are out there. They're talking, doing this. You, here's what you want to know. This is exclusive news for you. Exclusive news for you. This is the power we flexed showing how we can take a game that no one knows anything about or care about. Taco Master. Mm. Make it such a Twitter movement. Make people send me photos of their Vitas that I've retweeted. In 2016, we are exclusively announcing a Vita game. (laughs) I have been informed. By the developer who wants to announce it on this show—is it the developer of Taco Master? No, it is not. No, 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 no. It's not. They probably don't even know what's going it's on. Not, no, yeah. <laughs> they're looking at their sales reports and saying, "Oh, we sold two hundred
1: more copies." Today. They tweeted
0: me. The guy who made Taco Master tweeted me. He's like, "Thanks." He was like all confused as to why anybody cared about this game suddenly. But no. We're keeping the Vita alive. Yeah, no offense Geo, to Taco Master, but Geo. Just, of course, he can't do it. On. I don't think Taco Master is offended. It's very, it's a very, very basic touch. I game. just
1: feel, I just feel for the people out there that are you're, you're talking about this game like it's
0: nobody. What do they all know. I, I've had no one tweet at me after buying Taco Master that they hate it. Everyone knows what they're getting into. No one's getting this thing. on like, man, the Final Fantasy Seven killer is finally here, yeah. Taco Master. Fair they enough. know what they're getting into. Fair enough. You make the tacos. You watch Star Wars. You have a good day. <laughs> if you didn't, know, ladies and gentlemen. This is P.S. I Love You XOXO. It is kindoffunny.com's PlayStation podcast. So go to kindoffunny.com, subscribe to all the YouTube channels, follow the other podcasts, support us on Patreon. Of course, we come to you each and every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And god damn it, we ain't ever going to miss a Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. That's why we're recording this one ahead of schedule. We're recording this on Saturday, posting on Tuesday. So if something bad or good happens in the world of PlayStation, Saturday evening, Sunday, Monday, we wouldn't know about sure. it. Sure. So just giving you the heads up. As to what's happening. Sure. Before we go on holiday break, we'll never leave you in the lurch, is what we say. Fair enough. Remember, if you're in the holiday spirit, the best Christmas gift you can give Colin and I is going over to iTunes and rating this here podcast or wherever you get this podcast. Even if you're watching it on YouTube right now, you're giving it a thumbs up and you're sharing it with your friends, which means the world to us because you know that even though you think you don't have a lot of followers or anything, sharing it matters. People like to know these things. You just, just pop over to iTunes or Google, Android, YouTube, iTunes store, or whatever they call that. What do they call the Google iTunes store? I don't know. They, they call it Google Play. iTunes? I think they call it Google iTunes. Okay, Colin. Yeah, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's report.
1: Time for some singular possessive
0: news.
1: Let's see here. Turn on the mouse. There are nine items on the list.
0: Baker's dozen for Christmas.
1: Number one. It's official. Hideo Kojima has teamed up with Sony, and his next game will be a PlayStation console exclusive. Kojima's new independent studio, free from Konami's Iron Grip, will be called Kojima Productions. Sony released a statement about the partnership, which said the following, quote, Sony Computer Entertainment Inc. Today announced that it has signed an agreement with Kojima Productions, a newly formed studio by the acclaimed game designer Hideo Kojima, to develop its first software title as a console exclusive to the PlayStation 4. Quote, PlayStation's uh, PlayStation's history is one of game innovation and great new franchises. And this is according to Andrew House, president and global CEO. Andy House, we call him. Andy. Andy. Because we're so close. My dude, Andy. My dude, Andy. He says, Hideo Kojima has been a huge part of that history, and we are therefore delighted that he has chosen to bring his brand new project to life in partnership with PlayStation. We look forward to working with him on an exciting new game and warmly welcome him to the PlayStation family. And then Kojima says, quote, I will be taking on a new challenge by establishing my own independent studio, and I am thrilled to be able to embark on this journey with PlayStation, who I have continued to work with all these past years. I cannot wait to deliver with PlayStation a game that will become a compelling franchise. Mm -hmm. End quote. The game, which doesn't yet have a title and is unlikely to even be further than very early pre-production, will come to PC after coming to PS4, but will remain exclusive to consoles uh, on PlayStation 4. Unfortunately, eyes seem to be firmly placed forward in terms of Kojima and what exactly happened to him at Konami. An interview he conducted with The New Yorker notes that he is contractually forbidden from discussing whatever
0: occurred. Um, Is that the end of the news? That's the end. Colin! You stumbled on the topic of the show. Tots, 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 tots. tots, tots. Logo Boga wrote in to kindoffunny.com. I, I also predicted that this would happen. Well, I thought you were going to get... Hold on, we know that. Yeah, hold on. Okay. Logo Boga <laughs> wrote in to kindofunnycom of slash PSQ just like you can to be part of the show and says, hey, Colin and that other guy. Hideo Kojima is now part of the PlayStation family. Thoughts! But he said, he said thoughts with three exclamation marks. So not a question as much as he's just saying... Trip X. Thoughts. Trip X is my friend calls it three exclamation points oh really yeah that's weird which friend does that Aaron oh okay yeah does she say that when she's excited about something can't wait to see that movie she says it because I'm weird on on text oh no that's true you are are very weird on text Colin like the least emotive man you'll ever meet in real life but he uses emoticons and smiley frownies he's got that's where that's (laughs) beat bopping skatting all over the room um Yes, so let's get into this. Okay. It's finally happened. Thank yes. fucking God. Mm-hmm. A year, this whole year, 2015, has been marred by this black cloud that we know something bad is happening at Konami. We know that is trapped in there. But he can't say it. Konami can't say it. There's this, that, and the other. There's rumors of this. It's bad over there. They're taking his name off of this. His name's still in the game. He's, he's leaving. He's on vacation. What's happening? Can't come to the Game Awards. And here we finally are. He's out. December 15th was it. He's free. He can go do what he wants. And what does he want to do? Starts his own independent studio, also named Kojima Productions, (laughs) and then decides that their first thing that they'll announce, at least, is going to be this exclusive partnership with PlayStation.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, so when we're talking, I I mean, I was fascinated by what was going to happen to Kojima, and I predicted that there would be some sort of behind-the-scenes bidding war, which I Mm assume that there was, and I I, I said that PlayStation is a likely uh,
0: home for him. I think it was one of, you know, two or three obvious places that he would go, and there he is. Um, well that's what and that's one of the things the IGN interview puts out right is he talks about the fact that a lot of people came to him with offers Mm -hmm. but he went with PlayStation because he's known them forever right
1: and uh, one of the reasons I mean it's he's in a good position because he he could uh, he could do whatever he wanted and it was the same thing to a lesser degree with Amy when she left Naughty Dog, where I was like well she can like who cares like she can she doesn't give a fuck yeah she can do whatever she wants and I I assume Kojima really felt the same way he really didn't want to make Metal Gear anymore every time he made Metal Gear since Metal Gear Solid 2 it was supposed to be the last one and they just kept dragging the shit out of him (laughs) Which is better, I guess, than what they did to Ko- uh, Koji Igarashi, which was just throw him in a basement somewhere um, for like five years. But uh, yeah, I think it's this is a logical home for him. I think this is a huge get for Sony, yeah, um, time, especially no, considering the feelings about PT and what Konami did to it, yeah. Um, and now this brings up questions about like what is going to happen? Is it is is I don't really like people feel like you know is going to make like a Metal Gear style game? I don't think so. I I I think what he's going to make is very cinematic and movie-like, which is what he likes to do, but I think it's going to be more along the lines of maybe PT, and I wonder if they are specifically going to try to just re re-invoke, uh, reinvoke his partnership with Guillermo. Guillermo del Toro and do a horror series, which they don't really need in their portfolio, but it can't really hurt. It's not a game... If you do that, I don't think it's a game that can necessarily sell the units that they might want to sell with Kojima, um, but I think that it's uh, it's an interesting kind of situation. I, I hope that it works out for him. I don't think we're going to see this game until... 2019 at the very earliest i would say yeah um but uh let him do his thing let him do it and now i can't imagine like the we already know that he poached a number of very important people yeah um but i imagine that he's taking everyone so so? um but he did say something along the lines of like he wants to remain small for now and
0: you assume well, not an start- office space he's talking about they yeah. want to stay in Tokyo da da
1: da da yeah. yeah so he's got to start picking people off he's got Sony's money now Sony's clearly going to publish the game and, and own the IP so yeah. um, or they wouldn't partner with it I mean that's always Sony's MO and, and so what Kojima Productions partnership with Sony reminds me of is Quantic Dreams um, their second party basically, and they'll make PlayStation exclusives or at least a PlayStation exclusive that will come to PC just it'll like, um, yeah, and it'll be a franchise. And I think that, that's the that's the thing I'm not hearing many people talk about. It's not like he's making a game, like he wants to
0: make a franchise a for Sony, there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, knowing that he's going to not control this IP any more than he control Metal Gear.
0: Here's my question. I haven't read the New Yorker piece, obviously read his statements, did all this stuff, read the, watched the IGN interview, stuff like that. Is it confirmed that they're the publisher on the game? It's they a console have- exclusive, but if it's going to PC, is it, they're doing the Helldivers thing? Or, or the more aptly, the Street
1: Fighter V thing. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think that I think Sony would not absolutely not get in bed if they were not publishing the game.
0: Okay, I, I can't. Why would they? I, I mean, well, just the PC thing is what throws me. Yeah. I know the more and more that wall is getting iffy. But well, Capcom's publishing Street Fighter, aren't they? Or are they I, just developing? And Sony's I think Sony. I think Sony's publishing the game. Okay. Okay. I, I
1: can, let me. I can look real quick. Because, yeah, Um, that
0: was my thing when we were talking about this when you were gone, is the fact that, well, this is the Helldivers model if they put it on PC and PlayStation. That's where it's just a little bit weird. It's just like, it could easily be that, yeah, Sony's publishing. No,
1: no, Capcom is the publisher according to Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, But Sony's funding the game. So I don't, actually, Sony might not be able to technically publish the game or have any interest in doing the publishing since that costs money and they do not own Street Fighter. Um but they're going to own this IP, presumably. I percent I that, I I, I that I get. So if they own the IP, then, of course, they're going to publish it. I, I So I, I, it, it remains to be seen. But th- if Sony is letting him put a game, a AAA game, and they're announcing it, which they've done, and yeah. they're putting money behind it, which they clearly are, and they're not going to own the IP or publish it, that would be a first.
0: Sure. But, um, I mean, this is one of those once in a – not lifetime, but in a decade kind of announcements, right? That this guy who built this much goodwill – and, like, I've been saying this whole time, right? As soon as he leaves, he's a folk hero – they have this guy. I, it's not. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for them to be like, we don't. Whatever you public what whatever, just come to us. Here's the money. Make the game, and it's yeah. our franchise. You know what I mean? I, I, I yeah. Don't we'll get me wrong. see. I the mean, normal business model is what you're pitching, and I'm with you.
1: Yeah. I don't. I don't. I'm. I would say 99% sure that they'll own the IP and they'll publish it. Sure. Uh, they realize that they have to. Similar to Hell Divers being published not by Sony Computer Entertainment, but by, by a subsidiary that they have to get their games out of PlayStation's ecosystem, ultimately. I don't think you're going to see that with Uncharted. I don't think you're going to see that with, you know, the Order 1886 course, or whatever, Bloodborne. Course. But I think you're going to start seeing that with games that make sense. Um, and they also let their second parties kind of, you know, explore that 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 land. Quantic Dream just um, released uh, Indigo Prophecy on PC. So not that Sony owns that IP, but the studio works really intimately only with Sony. So, right. um, so I really do think that the corollary is... is Kojima Productions and Quantic Dream are similar.
0: Sure. No, 100%. Um,
1: and I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Sony has tried or, as we've talked about, has tried or will buy Quantic one day. Um have sure. Any more than I would be surprised if after Kojima's first game they buy it. Mm. Or if they buy that studio mm. when they see what the game is. Sure. Um, but, you know, because uh, Scott Rohde told me in the interview with PSX that, you know, they're always exploring, uh, uh, you know, uh, expanding their catalog so, of studios. Because it seems they haven't bought a studio. I mean... The last studio Sony bought was, um, Sucker Punch, right? 2009, 2010, 2011, somewhere. I'm thinking, I'm thinking.
0: So. There's that weird little VR thing, but that's not it, right? They founded a new studio that hasn't released the game yet, Sony
1: Northwest or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um,
0: so I I think like, so
1: they haven't added anything to the portfolio and they've, they've folded like four studios since then.
0: So do you, I haven't, we haven't talked at all about other than dumb things Mm. like personal friendships, stupid shit. None of this important PlayStation shit. Do you buy into the theory that this was supposed to be a PSX thing, and yeah. this was what was supposed to end the conference yeah, and I have us all
1: go crazy? That's what I was gonna say. I think it's, I think it's to me obvious.
0: Yeah, this this falls back into my predictions right leading into PSX mm. that. Kojima would be there, and that at Game Awards he'd be there. And this is where it all starts making sense, I feel like, where it all clicks into place, is that in theory he should have been at the Game Awards, he should have accepted the award for Action Adventure Game of the Year, and said, I'll see you guys very, very soon and walked off stage, right? And then at PSX it would have been the end. Maybe Andy House, maybe Kojima by himself comes out, they show the logo, this is what I'm doing, this is what's going to happen.
1: Presumably, that that was what came to mind immediately, Mm -hmm. uh, the really incredibly weak ending for PSX uh in terms of its keynote uh it seemed like there was nothing there there's no big splash it would be nice if they said something at some point that that was the case i don't see you know there were, must have been a contractual dispute of some right. sort
0: so yeah konami
1: maybe not even konami maybe kojima didn't want to sign the contract no it's Konami. you know so we know it was konami fuck konami. well we know konami kept him away from the game awards but you don't want to make assumptions that i'm making all these assumptions it's it's you would be led to believe that i that broke was
0: out the jump to conclusions matt and i'm using mm-hmm.
1: it in there's a spelling error on the jump to conclusions match. did you ever know that I never did that yeah.
0: well I mean is that part of the humor though or do you think it's on purpose I don't know not, but so an, think it an always accident. annoys the shadow. which I one see. is it Where does, I don't, is don't know let me, let, me, let me of verify. course we're talking about the hit movie jump. Office Space always timely if you haven't watched it go watch it Jennifer Aniston that guy who's in, who's really good looking Peter is his character's name I can. I don't forget who he is in real life yeah, loo- uh, it, yeah that's it, a, it says it. Loose, loose one turn loose one turn come on man infuriated me
1: jump to conclusions
0: the jump jump some mad TV alums in there it's a good flick alright number two number two speaking of Kojima Konami is
1: officially hiring for its next Metal Gear game word comes by way of the company's Japanese website and few other details are currently known about the nature of the game or the direction of the franchise and its parent company will end up taking
0: uh, you think it's them trying to manage the message a bit there
1: yeah, I just yeah. Don't, fine, I,
0: Kino- Kojima, go do what you want, but we're still making Metal Gear.
1: Yeah, I mean that's fine. I, I my, my, the. So they're hiring in Tokyo, NLA, and the question you have to ask is like, who the hell would ever want to get involved with Konami? I, yeah. and, and you know, we know people at Konami. They're they're nice people. I don't know, you know, any real developers at Konami. Yeah. Um, but who the Who in the hell would want to work for them? <laughs> like, I, I just don't understand. Like, who's going to go over there and be like, I want to make Metal Gear, and you can fucking strangle the life out of me for five years? You know, sure. like. I, they're going to have a I don't want to say an impossible time but an extremely difficult time attracting talent you have to assume yeah you and think all their talent's going to be siphoned off
0: it's just one Gochima. of those things yeah it's not even the ah man yeah they're in general I think they're in trouble I could see somebody being like yeah well this is an opportunity I have to take work on Metal Gear maybe I can do it turn it all around kind of thing but then there is a the thing of just like Konami does not seem interested at all in AAA games this seems like them just saying, hey, this franchise is still around. We still own it. This is still our thing.
1: Yeah, well, they made it clear earlier in the year that they're going to continue without Kojima. And, and that's their right. They own the IP. But I, I I, don't even I'm not even worried about their capability of making a AAA game or funding it or being interested in that space. What I'm interested in is like who the fuck is going to work there? Yeah. Who's going to make this game? Who's going to be able to? Who, how are you going to attract the talent necessary, the requisite talent to make Metal Gear? Because it's not a game you just shit out. It's yeah, not, You it's don't not have just a, it's a not bunch just of kids
0: come in. No, you
1: can't. And, that, and that's the only chance. I, I just... Maybe the feeling's different in, Konami, or in Japan about Konami than it is here, and that's really where the game will be made, but um, I can't imagine that that's the case. They strangled the shit out of Kojima. Everyone knows it, um, that something happened between them, and we don't know the nature or the details of it. You assume that if it was Kojima that did something, Konami would have no problem with him saying anything. And now that he, we know that he's contractually obligated from not saying anything, I mean, I think it's pretty clear what happened mm. in terms of who's responsible. But yeah, that's all conjecture. I mean, who really knows?
0: um mr konami knows mr konami come forward mr konami tell us things uh number three
1: sony rarely releases software sales numbers but we finally have a new batch concerning the gran turismo franchise the ip owned by sony and created by sony-owned japanese developer polyphony digital has reached 76.49 million units sold since the first game launched on ps1 in late 1997 The best-selling game in the franchise remains Gran Turismo 3 A-Spec on PS2, which has sold 14.89 million copies. Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo 4, and Gran Turismo 5 are all above 10 million units sold each. The most recent entry in the series, Gran Turismo 6, is just over 4.7 million units. so way better than I actually thought. Um, These numbers come from NeoGAF, so we appreciate them for that. Good
0: job, NeoGAF. We love you. Any thoughts on that? No. Gran Turismo doing its thing. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see what it does on PlayStation 4 with the install base, with the the VR. It'll do very well. Yeah. I think if the, I mean Grand Turismo 6 was kind of shit out of nowhere in December in Dece-
1: the December the month after PS4 launch on PS3 and it still did really well yeah so, uh, number four number four now that Sony is starting to migrate PlayStation 2 games to PlayStation 4 the company wants to know which PS2 games you want to see next similar to the building the list initiative for Vita Sony wants gamers to use the Twitter hashtag PS2 PS4 hashtag PS2 PS4 to let them know what you want them to bring in the future Oni Oni that's what you want? Yeah, Bungie's best. Uh <laughs> yeah, so the hashtag, hashtag PS2 PS4, PS2 PS4. You can use that what you, and what you, you aggregate. Hashtag? Um Mani Musha is really the one yeah. I would like. Yeah, yeah. Um we'll
0: see. Okay. Simpsons Hit and Run. How about that? Simpsons Hit and Run. Crazy. That tech, wasn't it?
1: Simpsons Hit and Run also on
0: It was on a bunch of things, yeah. PS3? Oh, it wasn't on a PS3? I don't think about that. I don't think so.
1: What was the Simpsons game that came out though? Oh, is so maybe a Simpsons fighting game or something that was it came out when I was at IGN. Early I on. Remember. I don't remember what it is. I don't really care. Okay. Hit and run was good. Yeah. Number five. Speaking of PS2 games on PS4, Shuhei Yoshida recently spoke out about people's somewhat absurd complaints, in my opinion, about the price point of PS2 classics on PlayStation 4. GameSpot transcribed an interview with Yoshida conducted by the PlayStation Nation podcast in which the executive states, quote, We are also able to add trophies. Some people really care about trophies. So we, we can do. provide that. And it takes some time for our staff and QA and licensing and everything to bring, these games, or to bring back these games. So it takes us time and cost. So we felt we should charge, end quote. I think that's a reasonable assumption. Yeah, work goes into making them. They mm-hmm. don't just uh, appear from nothing. Yeah, I agree with that. Number six, Rocket League has officially made 25 times its development Jesus budget. Jesus Christ, Word Jeremy. comes by way of the Wall Street Journal, which reports that the game has made $50 million on a meager $2 million development budget. According to the report, developer Psyonix essentially developed the game as a secondary project for two years while working, doing contract work for games like Mass Effect 3 and the Gears of War franchise, a common practice for smaller developers. The game does come to Xbox One next year,
0: so they'll make more So even more money. Um, it's gonna be a juggernaut over there because everybody who didn't get the chance to play it here will play it there. Yeah, presumably so much work. So congratulations so work to them. Out.
1: Obviously, we were really you know, I'm just gonna say we were the ones that beat the drum before long before anyone else said about Rocket League. So I, I I'm I'm super proud of that. And uh,
0: I'm proud of Jeremy Dunham. I'm proud of Jeremy Dunham. He, I'm happy he, for Jeremy he did Dunham. it all by himself. He did, he made the whole game by himself. So when it's, he came over, they were like, should it be rocks playing soccer? And he's like, No, what about cars? And they're mm. like, What? Cars can move, rocks can't. Um so yeah, pr- congratulations to
1: them. And that really is a proud column was the right moment for me. No one was talking about that game.
0: You were the first person I ever he- heard talk about it. You came over and said Dunham's new game isn't bad, and I said bullshit.
1: No, I, what I said was Dunham's new game is gonna be big. Yeah. Is what I said. Yeah. And and uh, no one believed me. I believed you. No
0: one believed me. I, why? Are you always- then I
1: gave a game of the, one of the game of the show awards at E3, and when you walk into Sionix's office, it's still there. It's right there in front.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt about
1: it. Number seven. In an interview with Ken Levine on NPR and transcribed by GameSpot, the man behind the Bioshock franchise spoke out about the current state of AAA story-driven gaming and talked a bit about his still unannounced game. Quote, the AAA single-player narrative game is starting to disappear. <gasps> kind of games like Bioshock. There's fewer of them being made. The real reason is they're very expensive to make, and I think gamers are, pretty, are saying pretty loud and clear that if they're going to spend 40 or 50 or $60, they want an experience that lasts more than 10 to 12 hours. That's a lot to ask someone to spend. Ellipsis. We started this experiment after we finished Bioshock Infinite, which was, how do you make a narrative game feel like the kind of games we've made before, but make it replayable and make it extend and make it react to the players? Make it replayable by giving players different ways to approach problems and really letting them dictate the experience. This is not a simple problem to solve. Another ellipsis. The thing we're working on is sort of a small-scale open-world game, and the reason ours is an open-world game is because if you want to give the player the agency to drive the experience that really fights against the linear nature of the games we made before, like Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite, what it really means, though, is how do you make your content so it feels like the quality of the content you've made in games before but reacts to the player's agency and then allows the player to do something in one playthrough and something very different in another playthrough, end quote. So we're starting to get little hints about what he's doing. Yeah. Not, like, really tangible ones, but... I'm excited to see what he's doing next. It seems like he's really thinking about it. Do nice. you think AAA single players dying? No, me neither. Um, I think what he means by that is narrative AAA games. Um, Fallout Four is not a narrative AAA uh, game. Oh, okay. Mass Effect's not even a narrative AAA game. That's what you're saying. The, he's talking about linear games like Uncharted, like like Uncharted, or Bioshock. Yeah, yeah. Um. Gotcha.
0: Point A. Point B. Here's the story. Yeah. That's out.
1: what I assume he means. Okay. Because I don't. I don't. I think it's clear that they're not dying at all. Um, it's not to say those games don't have narratives it's to say they're not narrative driven you can do whatever sure. the fuck you can do Fallout's you can fuck giant around Fallout
0: go build your town yep. do whatever don't worry too much about
1: the story like you can't progress in Bioshock without right ticking the next box I mean you can just w- run around a room if you want you go crazy um, number eight you go mad Square Enix is planning on giving players more information about Final Fantasy XV early in the coming year a Twitter announcement from the Japanese publisher noted that the upcoming presentation will further show off the game's battle system, give a look at the Niflheim empire and more. This news comes at the same time that the company seems to be hinting that the game may be coming out su- uh, as soon as the summer of 2016. Dual Shockers reports that a survey from the publisher given to Japanese fans via a website which spans 50 questions asked that if Final Fantasy 15 and Persona 5 were released around the same time, which game would fans buy. Persona, Persona 5. 5 is rumored for a summer release in 2016. The server- survey also inquires about why JRPG
0: fans are interested in Persona 5 They're terrified of Persona 5 They should be They should be <laughs> It's definitely got the movement Isn't that right Nanako Chan Look at her looking down at her Her veggies there Maybe she planted them in the garden You don't know what I mean the, She's got the June S bag So clearly she bought the scallions But that eggplant She might have pulled it from the garden That we, we planted out for that.
1: We'll never know We can write a little fanfic about it
0: How good does Teddy look In his, his San Diego Studios hat by the Where'd way Where'd you get that uh, um, Messenger Oh I went The media mock you gave it to me Oh cool I was like I hate Taraway And they're like Here you go they actually gave it to Christine because they know I think tear away wasn't their best work. Number
1: nine. This final one. Finally, some release date news. SRPG, the banner saga, comes to PlayStation 4 on January 12th, 2016. Finally. Vehicular combat game Hardware Rivals launches on PS4 on January 5th, 2016. And finally, Vita RPG Stranger of Sword City launches on March 22nd, 2016. And that is it for the news.
0: Colin. Yes. You know I've been waiting for Stranger of Sword City for a long mm-hmm. fucking time. Mm-hmm. That's great that it's coming soon. But what's coming this week to the mom and grop shops and digital warehouses? I have no idea. Fucking God damn it, The drop isn't up yet. You can see right through the show when we do it early. <laughs> 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 These <laughs> are like almost <laughs> supplemental episodes. Sure. Well, we, no, we, nobody's we, nobody's listening right now flipping the van full of nuns or anything. Also, I just didn't like Tearaway. I think Tearaway is a fine game. It's been put together well. It just wasn't mine. You know what I mean? You we do, you didn't like terri either. It just didn't click for us. No, I was game's okay. Fine. It was fine. It's, yeah.
1: a, it's a cute idea, I guess. Make sure I'm
0: clear. I don't want I don't want the I don't I don't, like I, don't
1: I didn't vibe with it. No, I didn't yeah, vibe exactly. with it. Exactly. I didn't vibe with it, it's a good way to put it. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh is there anything big in the last two weeks of the year? Yeah, we can think of these last two December nobody's stupid enough to put out good games this week. No. I'm sure there's some digital thing you never heard about. Wouldn't be surprised if volume on Vita limps out at some point. <laughs> it's quietly all of a sudden it's there. Hey, thanks, Mike. Mike Biffle, you son of a bitch. Just over there right now, counting all his mini Euros. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He gave up on the Vita. Mm-hmm. We didn't give up on the Vita. Never. Of course he didn't give up on the Vita. Never so. Let's jump into Reader Mail. Okay. Maelstrom. Mail call. That's all I got. Okay, good. It's an interstitial episode, whatever. Remember, Reader Mail this time is brought to you by <laughs> really Squarespace. Right now. <laughs> we built kindoffunny.com with it. You can go to squarespace.com and use the offer code kindoffunny to get ten percent off your new website right now. Pow pow. The fuck was that? It's a way for me to look over there at the time code without, like, looking right at the time code oh, and making a big deal by using the time fair code. Enough, fair enough, fair enough. 25. There you go. That's what happens when there's no Kevin. Actually, Kevin never helps us with that. Colin, mm. would you... Hey, you know what? Here we go. Apology writes in to funny.com slash PSQ just like you can It says... Hi, guys. Hello. With the holidays coming up and people likely to visit family and friends, it's often an opportunity to share some of your favorite games slash moments from the last year with people that might not be familiar. What games or gaming moments from the past year or earlier, which doesn't make any sense, do you consider so noteworthy you might actually tell your parents, friends, etc.? Even folks who aren't that into gaming themselves. Parentheses, Greg's TGA win aside. Winky emoticon. I've already shown my girlfriend the Detroit trailer, she loved the car demo, and I might show my folks some brief gameplay of Drive Club or The Order just to show them how far games and graphics have come. Hope you have a great holiday, XOXO, apologies. Show them The Order, show them how
1: far gameplay has come as well, riveting. No, don't do that. Gameplay. <laughs>
0: don't do that. Just show them, the show order them is, how beautiful The Order is it. a very pretty game. Very pretty. Uh,
1: I don't know. Um... I really don't know that there are like super standout moments for me this year. I I I just the standout moments for me are more about our business and like what the the, the path we're taking more than. Um, what you did in games yeah i don't know like I, I, I there's some great games this year for sure but i don't know that i would be desperate to show any of them off
0: well we're excited to do we're going uh, up to seattle to visit stymers folks last time we were up there we were talk, or she was up there she was talking up no i was there too talking up until dawn but we didn't bring, bring a that's PS4. that's a good one i'm bringing ps4 up there i i imagine we're gonna get her sister her parents who aren't into console games her dad big into football manager on pc odd in football. In RTS's. Have them sit down there and like play it like a movie, which I'm excited about. Show them that thing.
1: Sure. Um yeah, I think Until Dawn's actually a reasonable a right. reasonable one. Yeah. yeah, I
0: don't know. I mean for fun, I think Rocket League
1: would be a fun one to play with people. Sure. I think I I I just I don't know that you know The Witcher and Fallout and Dying Light in these games that I, I liked. I, yeah. I don't think that they're Necessarily showcase. Yeah, that's any, the. You know, like,
0: you know, I would think right now, like if I had brought, if I was going home to Chicago, I'd want to show Poe Battlefront. He's a huge Star mm-hmm. Wars fan, fan right. Show him how far that's come. How beautiful that game is. Show him as a casual shooter, he could jump into. Sure. Show him Assassin's Creed. It's a good question. I just don't know that I have a good answer for it. I've given a, great, a lot of great answers, so I don't think you have to worry about it. I'm carrying the load for you today, buddy, and I would carry your load any day. I got a load for you. Wherever you want to put it. There's a lot of options. So, you know, like. <laughs> Oh here's one for you Colin So I've noticed something We've been doing this show now for 15 weeks That's cool Thank you for your support Yeah thank you We so love much. being the number one PlayStation podcast All that jazz But what I've noticed in That yeah. there funny.com slash PSQ Message inbox right Which is just a message mm. board Fucking every week we I feel like every week on the show We stamp down a bunch of VR questions right We put out the fire Right Then the next week The house is even more on fire So I put up this tweet the other day The number of VR questions, hashtag XOXO gets, is staggering and only going up. Are you getting PSVR on day one? 6,208 people responded. Of them, there's four answers here. Yes, no, unsure need price, unsure need games. Number one response was... Yes. Unsure need price. Really? 39% said unsure need a price before Mm. they make. And I understand that, pulling the trigger on it, right? Okay. What do you think number two response was? Yes, no, Unsure Need Games. Unsure Need Games maybe would be the next. No. The answer was Man, no. Man, I don't know anything. No, 30% set of my respondents said no, they're not getting it. Then it was yes with 17%. And then Unsure Need Games with 14%. Mm. Some of the responses I got here from people were Danny, uh, HyperDude53 says, When Dreams is out. Uh, How5Test says, PC VR if any. Uh, Alex says, Greg, will there be a legitimate AAA games or no? That's what will do it for me. I don't know why he said it like that. He needs to check, check his grammar a bit. But other than that, I thought it was interesting, right? Absolutely, unless it's over $500, says Proto no Melvin and things like that. No way to be that expensive. Yeah. We're, we're, you're still thinking $300? 300
1: I think, is what the, the max, I would say, that they can charge for. It. Yeah. You can't charge more than the console.
0: But yeah. it's fascinating to me that so many people are either unsure need price or no. But we still get so many questions. Because mm. I, I, we have a whole bunch of good PSVR questions here. Sure. I'm trying not to bore you with the same stuff over and over again. But... I thought it was interesting that it's that split right now. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense. We don't know much about it. I'm, sure. I'm definitely
1: getting it on day one. I mean, I, I, I want it. Uh, I want that experience. I think a lot of people that are talking about it, because they don't go to trade shows, they don't, they're not able to go to conventions sure. or whatever. That's normal. They just don't know. They don't know yet. They will. Yeah, I really do believe that.
0: Okay. Uh, our first PS VR question of the day comes from DemonStar50, who wrote in to funny.com slash PSQ and says, hey, Greg and Colin. Do you guys think it'll be wise for anyone to get PSVR at launch sometime next year? So far, they haven't really shown off the killer app that makes me go, gotta get that now. No Man's Sky launching alongside it could win me over. ResVR also looks cool. If Sony plans to launch it and price it like a console, that means it's probably not going to be bang for your buck for year one or more. Other than what you've seen so far at events and conventions, what big hitters should Sony bring out? to get everyone on board. What if Sucker Punch or Ben's next game has VR support? Keep up the great work. P.S. I love you. XOXO. P.P.S. took Colin's recommendation and started Mad Max and just have to say dot dot dot. Colin was right. Of course I was. It's a great game. Um, yeah. Uh, Do you think it'll be wise for people
1: to buy it year one? Wise? I don't know. I mean, I think that's in the eye of the beholder. I, sure. I, I don't. I don't think you should get your hopes up that many of, that any of the real AAA studios that Sony owns are working on Bend or on, like Bend or Sucker Punch are working on right uh, VR games. I agree that, with that. That said, uh, I just don't think that's a safe financial bet for them. I don't think it's wise, but it is the conundrum of this catch twenty two of VR, which is that they do need to put support behind it, which is and they are kind of doing it. Gran Turismo is going to obviously use it, um, and uh, you know, uh, Guerrilla Cambridge is making a VR game, so. Um, and and sony london is obviously working on vr stuff as well so that's a pretty substantial that's like 20 25 percent of their studios working on something but i do think that the big thing for them will be like if as you said in a sort of theater mode way or just some sort of anecdotal Mm -hmm. way if you could just use vr in any of the first party games i think that that would be a big thing for people and i think that that's i I think I, i think that has to be like a somewhat forthcoming announcement you know so um
0: i mean that's the thing is like his question is you know does it make sense? Do you think it'll be good, you know, whatever, in the first year? We don't know. I, it right, um, I don't, I was, I, when you were gone, Nick and I on Gamescast and on Conagry Live went around a few times with this because he's totally not there with VR. Like, he's just like, I don't think it's going to be great at launch. Who said about. this? Nick Scarpino. Really? Yeah. And I was like, but you've used it. He's like, yeah, but I haven't used it in experience that I'm like, that's what I need to play at home. He's basically saying this. He doesn't have a killer app for it, right? And I do feel that like these early adopters are going to be us and you and this hardcore PlayStation audience that thinks it's cool, wants to get on it right away. But I I can't I feel like I, I feel like I say the same things, but I never say it in the right way of just like with Move, I was never on board. Yeah, it was cool to get Move Wands and this new tech in the office, but it wasn't like, this is awesome. I can't wait to use it. I'm legitimately looking forward to getting that box, opening it up, and sliding it on and playing a game and having that option there. Am I going to use it every day? Probably not, unless unless like I've been talking about, right? No Man's Sky is there, and it's mm-hmm. like 15 minutes before bed. I want to go check out what's happening in the planets and do this stuff. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I don't get this, the vibe of like, I keep saying that, yeah, it needs this, you know, Awesome lineup. It needs to have at least two or three great games that launch, right? So that when you get it, you have a reason to show off your friends when you, they come over for you to play it, for you to buy it, and then have other people have the need to go buy it, and then keep that going to get developers to say, oh, this is a success, I should make a game for it, and snowball, right. rather than move, which went the opposite way. of These games all suck, nobody's buying it, nobody's going to make new move games. Right. But I feel like there's such an excitement around VR right now, and it's kind of infectious. You know what I mean? When we started, when they announced this, I was like, this is cool, it's going to be another move, probably. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now show after show uh demo after demo i'm more and more on board to the point where i'm like yeah can we get this can yeah we do this? i don't want to
1: beat the horse too badly other than to say don't, that don't ever that, beat the horse that well, i fucking hate horses and i want them all to die but i'm not i'm not going to do it i'm not going to do the dirty work for the horse beaters uh Thank you. but uh no i think that uh, the proof's going to be in the pudding i think that sony's bet on vr is very smart and i and i don't know how else to say it i mean i have said it before i just think it's a smart move i i, I it might not pay off for them immediately. They're not going to make a lot of money on it. They might lose money on it, but uh, it will pay off in the future. Yeah, I really believe that. I, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a smart and shrewd move, and uh, companies that you know, Sony's not looked at as the smartest company sometimes, but uh, companies that are looked at as pretty smart are also investing in VR, so uh, such as Facebook. So I think that, um, you know, it's this is going to be a win for them, whether
0: it's going to be immediately or not. I, I don't know. Nux says, "Hey, Greg and Colin, I'll preface this by saying I've not been able to try." any of the VR headsets at this point. You guys, among others, are championing PSVR as the evolution of gaming. I can't help but wonder that no matter how enjoyable an experience is, it probably won't be something I'm going to want to slash be able to use for hours at a time. Is this a concern for you, or am I overthinking it? Merry Christmas, Nux. PS, you're okay. I don't think you're overthinking it. I think it's going to be a case-by-case thing. You know what I mean? Like, when I put on Res and I played Res and I was tracing my head around and da 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 I could have played that for another two hours I feel like and not had a problem. When I played Rigs, I felt like I needed a break after a couple mm. of matches. I wanted to slide it off and readjust. If I if, if it does what I'm always sit, I'm hoping it'll do where I put it on and I can play a little bit expanded view of games or whatever, then it's like, okay, cool. I'm just, the TV's closer to my face and it's blocking it out and maybe there's eye strain attached to that, but I feel like that's an old wives tale if you're sitting too close to the TV. Yeah. Um, I don't know is the answer. Yeah, we won't know until we gonna, get it. It's going to be it.
1: an issue for people, but it's, uh, for sure, I mean, it already is. Um, but I don't, I, you know, it, it, it reminds me of, uh, it doesn't remind me, I, I wonder if it's just something that, like, the more ingrained in society, the more ingrained this experience becomes, not only with games, but with, with everything, if we just become a little more accustomed to it. It's always going to be one of those things, like, there are just some people that that can't see flashing lights, and there's some people that are colorblind and stuff like that. Like, it's just, um, but these are small groups of people you can't um, do anything about, And so I wonder if there's just always going to be a small group of people that, yep.
0: that you can't use VR you yeah. know there's a small group of people who can't play games for a long time as they are right now right that they get motion sick sure or they have aneurysms sure that's why the Wii tells me to get up and go outside sometimes just kidding I haven't turned on my Wii in a long time uh Sanparga wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says hey guys two questions let me begin by saying how much I love the content you guys make. Congrats on the high quality. So here's my first question. You guys address concerns about your relationship with Sony and Sony execs and whether or not the closeness and the amazing access you guys get with the company can somehow affect your coverage. Are you afraid that your closeness will eventually cloud your judgment, even if it is unconsciously? As a journalist myself, I know I would be afraid that if I were in your position. I, I, I know I would be afraid of that if I were in your position. P.S. on question number one. I know you aren't technically journalists. You're pundits or commentators or trendsetters or whatever. Thank you for pointing that out. And yeah, we talked about this last week, right, or whatever. I think I, my answer is no. We've been doing this a long time. Our, our, here's, the, here's the rub of this whole thing. Kind of funny or wherever IGN before that or whatever, right? We are only valuable to you, the consumer and fan, when you believe in what we say. So if I was to sit here right now and Colin said, "Hey, where and where did the messenger come from?" I go, "Oh, it's from Media Molecule, Tearaway. It was great." And you know that I've talked shit on Tearaway before. You would leave. You would, or at least you'd suddenly not lose respect, but you would be like, "What? No, that's not how it is. Just because somebody gave us a gift to put up back there because it's PlayStation doesn't mean that all of a sudden we're going to start talking more positively about Tearaway. We didn't like Tearaway. We have said that <laughs> Alex from Media Molecule gave me shit about it when I was hanging out with him. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that's the point, and that's how." That's how and why we work the way we work with PlayStation as well. We do talk shit about their games. We do say this is a dumb decision. We tell Shuhei to his face we don't like that, and then he gives a shit back and da-da-da. And still, we had the panel at PSX. And they saw the fan base that is you, the PlayStation fan, and the kind of funny fan at PSX when we stopped traffic and I had to get a security escort away and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like... Whether you whether if people want to hate us on the internet and do whatever the hell they want to say mean things about us, or whatever that's fine. But they're the minority; you're the majority, and you're here listening to us because you know you can believe in what we say. The moment you no longer believe in what we say, that's a problem. The moment I'm in Lego Marvel Avengers and I'm like, man, I've always loved everything Marvel Comics has done, you're like, no, we know you're a DC Comics fanboy. Da 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 da. da you know what I mean? Saying something doesn't disqualify us from another thing. Yeah, and you have to understand too that you
1: know just more in a more non endemic way. Which is a fancy way of saying, or maybe not a fancy way of saying that you know things have nothing to do with games, but you know our business is run on a lot of advertisements and stuff like that. That we've turned down significant uh, sponsorships because we don't believe in products that sure. are being you know sure. pitched. So we, I feel like our we have great scruples is the way I would put it. I feel like um, we listen. Like there are always going to be people out there that hate uh, hate us and hate us for our opinions or don't like the things we say. My my stance about it is always like I don't give a flying fuck about that. Yeah. Like if you. You know, I go on on neogaff and I, you know, I'm, I Google my name once in a while and see what people are saying about me. Um, and I know you do, too. And yeah. it's like, you know, oh, well, you know, like I, I, like I, I, you know, people, some people don't like about the things I've said about PS2 classics and, you know, calling them babies. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's like, but I'm going to keep saying what I'm going to say. Right. Sometimes that's going to come down on the side of Sony. Sometimes that's going to come down on the side of, you know, something that's bad for Sony. The only person I'm trying to be true to is me. And that, therefore, is going to be true to you. Exactly. And um, I don't feel like I've ever led anyone astray um, with anything I say. Sometimes opinions change. Sometimes right. the look of things it, it, it change. But you only have to see the way we talk about Sony, especially this year, in terms of... you know, Some people are saying that we're being too critical. And I'm like, <laughs> it's the same thing with Square Enix with Final Fantasy VII. Some people are really upset about that, too. Man, some people are upset about what I've said about Final Fantasy VII Remake. As if Final Fantasy VII is this is the biggest, most vast game because people because they because Greg they have to redraw the towns in the game and they can't use the same assets from Midgar that they use in Junon or something like that. I'm like God Almighty, you want to talk about fucking carrying <sighs> water? Why don't you look in the fucking mirror sometimes? Yeah, yeah, my God, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna call people out on their shit. It doesn't matter who it is, yeah, and it could be someone in the audience or it could be a publisher, or a developer, or it could be us. You know, yeah. I've said when I've been wrong about something too. Sure. So so it's it's uh. I'm always gonna be true to me in the way I feel, and that's gonna that's the best way I can do it. And I think that's why we work, and I think that's why the show works. I think that's why we have a lot of respect. We are the voices of PlayStation on the internet, you know, or at least some of the most prominent ones for sure, as we talked about. And that doesn't that doesn't come from you know a circle jerk. It doesn't. We're the exact opposite of that, and that's what I that's what I love about that. That's that's what I love about Sony. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, like really getting to intimately know them over the past six, seven, eight years is we say things over and over again. And sometimes they confront us about the things oh, we say. Oh, yeah. But the they, text
0: message I've gotten from friends at Sony who are like, why, why are you saying that? That's not it. And I argue with them on text yeah. message, my point. <laughs> I mean, and but the funny thing is, and I
1: won't name names or anything like that, but the funny thing is people come up to us uh, from all aspects of, that work at Sony and ask us, what did you think about this? They care. Oh, yeah. Well, like, they immediately, like, when I see someone, they're like, what did you think of that? Yeah, yeah. Or like, what? so, like, they care Yeah. what we think. Yeah. And, um... You know what? It's up to you whether or not you care. What We're the we
0: barometer think. of the PlayStation fan. Exactly.
1: Base. So you, I, I mean, it's easy for me to say, but I think you can trust us. I think, yeah, if if you go back to po- when we did podcast beyond, like the original podcast beyond that. And you don't know that by now. I don't know that you know. You're not paying attention. That doesn't mean you're not allowed to have dissenting opinions or. He's hate, not even or having dissenting.
0: Scurs. He's just wondering if unconsciously it could happen. And no, I, I understand that he he's not
1: saying that. But what I'm saying is that like you know the people about PS2 classics or about Final Fantasy VII remake, you're allowed to feel the way you want to feel. You just have to understand that that's not really relevant to me because like oh, yeah. the, the only thing that's relevant to me is like me telling you my honest opinion about something. Sure, we can have an open dialogue and maybe you can change my mind about it. But you being mad at me about something is never going to be relevant. You so,
0: know. Uh. Sanpar Gaga who signs his question Santiago so he's just he had to change his name there on the forums or whatever his second question is interesting my second question is a bit related as far as I know Tomb Raider didn't do well despite the fact that pundits, critics big and small and all manner of trendsetters from big sites like IG and Polygon and GameSpot to people like Laura Dale, Jim Sterling, and you guys almost universally praised it as a great game everyone should play. My question is this Do you think that Tomb Raider's poor performance proves that the power of sites and commentators to significantly drive sales is really limited? If everyone was banging the Tomb Raider drum and no one bought it, what does that mean for sites and pundits? Thanks for making such great content. Santiago. I think it goes both ways. I don't I don't know that I don't know that um
1: I've never looked at my job, and I don't know if you agree, but I've never looked at the job as something of like I'm driving sales of a game. What I like to do is to say to myself, like you can convince people to pay attention to things, and and what I've always really taken a lot of pride in is pointing, as we've talked about in the past, pointing people to games that they weren't paying attention mm-hmm. to. I really do feel that my coverage of games like Nino Cooney and Dragon's Crown and Catherine did drive sales of that game, and and I, I think that you, I think that that's probably pretty obvious if you if you were following the way. Other people are talking about games. For instance, Dragon's Crown—a lot of negative stuff about it. Me, a lot of positive stuff about it. Not because they're not allowed to be negative or I have to be positive, but because I really liked it. Sure. Uh, Catherine was a game that was flying well under the radar, and Nino Cooney—no one was talking about. So it was one of those things where I'm like, I like to talk about the games that are smaller. Tomb Raider doesn't need my help, so to speak. Yeah. Um. So, but but with that said, I think it goes both ways. Look at Call of Duty. Call of Duty makes five hundred million dollars in a few days, but the big sites will review it and they'll write and do videos. But this is not a game anyone's trying to drive sales for in any respect and no one's trying to drive that's maybe not the right verbiage but no one's like really beating the drum for call of duty call of duty sells because people want to play call of duty so the if that's true then the exact opposite must also be true in the sense that if you talk enough about tomb raider well it's not necessarily going to drive sales at a time when all the oxygen in the room is taken up by exactly a game like fallout so um so i don't know i don't know that i've never thought that we've had that much power i guess is what i'm saying i think we have more power with games that people don't know about
0: right i mean uh, yeah it's, it's funny so the so your point right there like there's a definite, there's a distinctive chance Taco Master <laughs> might actually get on the top Vita sales mm-hmm. thing for next uh, for December when it's all said and done in January, right? That would be directly attributed, I think, to us based on my well, Twitter feed I mean. in the fact, well, I mean, the show or right. whatever, hashtag, the hashtag on that stuff. That's not my point of talking about Taco Master. Taco Master is a lot of fun, stupid. Play your Vita for a reason, you know what I mean? To Tomb Raider's thing, I think it goes into this camp of. The reality of our hobby and our passion of video games, right, and I'm talking about ours as gamers, right, is that there? you always say it. There's only so many hours in a day, right? So for the lead up to Tomb Raider, everyone's been so excited about Fallout, so excited about Star Wars, so excited about whatever, that when you get to a place where everyone, us, Jim Sterling, Laura, every, you know, GameSpot, IGN, is saying Tomb Raider is amazing, you... Like much like when I Colin plays a game that I don't play and Colin signs off on it and says it's great, I then am like, that game's great. I think you can get to that point of when all of your best friends, and I mean your you know video game best friends, who you leave, the trusted personalities you believe in, when they're sitting there saying, this game's amazing. You might not own an Xbox One, but now you know Tomb Raider's amazing and you're going to tell people Tomb Raider's amazing. You know what I mean? It's like when your friend reads a book, but you haven't read that book and they say it's great. You're like, I can, eh, probably, I'll probably i never get to it, so it's probably really good.
1: Yeah, Microsoft's contention with... with uh tomb raider as of the last few days is that the game selling you know well i don't i don't know if i believe that but it's done well or whatever, uh yeah right, like i said. don't know that that's true yeah uh i don't know that anyone's lying i just it sounds like a pr spin or whatever considering the game like didn't chart and uh the game apparently didn't even chart in the top 20 um so you know tomb raider but people know tomb raider like you said is a known quantity the point I'm trying to make is that there's way more pleasure in being, in finding the shit that no one talks about. Exactly. Everyone's going to buy Call of Duty and Uncharted. These games don't, and uh, like The Last of Us, I used to say when I wrote a lot about The Last of Us, but I was like, this was easy. Like writing about The Last of Us and getting traffic on The Last of Us was easy. Sure. What I really liked it when I was at IGN was, was a game like Nino No Kuni, which I ad- identified very early, got a very early build, of it, worked out a bunch of exclusives with, um, with Bandai Namco about this, and then started doing videos and pieces about it leading up to the review and seeing an uptick in interest. Every time something was posted, and I knew that I was driving that, yeah. Um, because it was a game I was really excited about. No one asked me to do it. In fact, it was it was a, it was a sell uh, to be like the game. The game's called Nino Kuni. It's a Japanese role playing game, exclusive to PlayStation Three. Ni
0: no no. But
1: when the by the time the review came out, that review fucking murdered. Right. That was like one you of the most. The fires. Yeah, exactly. And that was one of the most. That was one of the and and was anyone disappointed? You know, like yeah. it was a fucking fantastic game. It's getting a sequel, so. Those are the kinds of responsibilities I take much more seriously. I like taste making. You don't need to taste make on a game like Tomb Raider because everyone, as you said, agreed on that. Yeah. But when a game like Dragon's Crown comes out and people are bitching and whining about the sexual nature of the game and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yo, like I've had access to the game for a long time and the game's just really fun. You don't have to play as that character, by the way, you know, or any of the characters you find offensive if you don't want to. Yeah. The game's just fucking really fun. And we beat that drum of fun. Um, I find that to be more effective, but it goes the other way too. If we get an early access to a game, and I'm like, yikes, this game fucking sucks. You know, then we're going to tell you about that too. Um, Although we try to reserve judgment until we play the final product. Of course. Um, So I think that, I think maybe there are some people in the industry on the media side that overestimate their ability to sell a game or like their, their own taste kind of selling stuff. But I know that, people trust the things I say about smaller games and more off the radar games. And that's the kind of stuff I try to focus on because I know you're going to buy on charted. It doesn't matter if I like it or not. Remember what I said about the order didn't really matter to anyone either, even though I was completely right about it. Mm-hmm. So um, I tried, but it didn't really work. It actually just worked in the exact opposite way. Right.
0: Yeah. I don't know how much, you know, for tastemakers and trendsetters and all that stuff, I don't know how much it comes down to the sales being the success, the su- successes that you, know what we think about something and that influences your opinion you know whether you had a chance to play tomb raider or not right and again tomb raider is a dozen hours and 60 bucks right and taco master is three dollars and it's a platinum in half a day you say hey, like, that's master a one more time i'm, I'm using it as, as a real point though this isn't one of my jokes about taco master v the game of the year you can vote on the playstation blog right now by the way and do a write-in vote for taco master like i did colin mm-hmm. we got away from vr for a little bit Let's go back. Yeah,
1: please. Let's talk more about VR. I can't this, wait.
0: This is an interesting one. This is like not the normal thing we do, right? It's a dual. I'm going to combine two folks' questions. Okay. First, Lilith the Pale. Colin and Greg, how do you think PlayStation VR will work with the share feature of the PS4? I think the influx of game streamers that PS4 has helped usher in is a great thing for the industry. But I don't understand how this could work with streaming sites like Twitch and YouTube when most viewers on those platforms are not using VR nor 3D technology. I think, based on the little bit we know, and to my knowledge, no, Sony has not said anything about how PSVR works with the share feature. Do, am I wrong? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. The fact that your, you, the processing power is in a little box about the size of the Wii that's then USB connected to your PS4, I think that hardware to hardware... I think you're going to still be able to share feature there. I think you're going to still be able to use, share while you use the VR. So you can have the PlayStation Eye camera, have you on green, or I'm sorry, have the PlayStation VR on your head, use the PlayStation camera to have you on green, and then have the one screen that you're able to put out to the TV that is like a, a selling feature of the PlayStation VR be broadcasted out on Twitch or whatever YouTube gaming you're using. And I think that that's going to drastically help PlayStation VR. I don't know how easy it'll be or possible to be. I mean, sure, it'll be possible. I don't know how easy it'll be to take an Oculus game and pump it out through Twitch or anything. Mm. Based on my very rudimentary understanding of how PlayStation VR and the PS4 communicate, I think you can share play it that or share the feature that way and put it out to Twitch. And if that's happening, suddenly there's an easy way for me to show all my friends how cool VR is and what I'm doing in this game. I don't know if it'll be 100. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, "Turns out." yeah the processing power, the graphics is in the little the little Wii box, but the PS4 is caught up doing other things too, mm. so it can't share. I don't know for sure, but I think it would actually be an advantage. Am I wrong?
1: No, um I just think I just think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves like with some of the concerns we have about VR. like let's just this isn't a relevant like this isn't a relevant issue to me, you know in, in a way. like are the games good and does it fucking work, and can we play it and enjoy it by ourselves? Is more the thing that I'm curious about. <laughs> yeah, um, so it's an interesting question, but it's not something that I, you know, it's not. We're getting a little
0: ahead of ourselves, right? Don't you think? I, I think it's a super fascinating, interesting one that I hadn't thought about. I'm, I'm interested to see how that'll merge with the world we have now and how people share games.
1: I guess I, I, I don't. It'll be hard, but I do think that we're. I think we're so many years away from this even being a super relevant question in terms of saturation and interest in VR that. Um, people are going to play games traditionally. I keep saying this for a long time. In 50 years, you will still be holding a controller, looking at right. a screen. I believe that. It's just this is a different way to play, yeah. and you're going to have to absorb it in different ways. And it might not be shareable. And why do we have to share everything? You know what I mean? Like, because w- it's cool. What's why cool do about I share it, why everything? Can, why can't we like just play a game? We can, and just enjoy the experience. Sure. And not have like to worry about showing everyone all the time. It's like it's a little much for me. Maybe I'm just getting old. But you are getting old, yeah. But like. We play games to play them. Like, why are we so obsessed with this, This like, the shareability of everything? Like, fucking play the game and enjoy it. Sure. You know? Is your enjoyment of the game tethered to, like, what other people think about you enjoying the game?
0: Not necessarily. I think you're getting, I think you're looking at it, like, in the old man way that I looked at it when I sat down for the first time to do it, when in reality it's not performing for for a lot of Twitch streamers. It's not performing for the audience. It's hanging out in the basement with Poe. Like, when I used to play video games and we'd talk about it while I played I think that's for a lot of people. That,
1: sure. But but so sit and play a traditional game and do that. This th- VR is not made for that. Like and, I, and I, I don't know that it could ever really work like that in, in the way that people want it to since it's so tethered on your own movement. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like showing you something necessarily unless you just want to like look around and see what they're seeing. I'm sure that that's going to be easy enough to do. But the exciting thing about VR to me, even though some of the game most promising games on it are multiplayer is like the very personal experience
0: mm-hmm.
1: of it. Only you can see it. Sure. You know. And only you can hear it and only you can, you know, see it exactly and hear it exactly the way that they want you to. It might be able to project on the screen or obviously show someone else what you're seeing. But I don't know. I think we're like, you know, I think that's one of the reasons I'm excited about VR is because it's like a very personal experience. Sure.
0: No, that's one of the reasons I'm excited. But I also it's going to be I mean, it's going to be fascinating to watch people get this in their hands and do the fuck. What is it? The odd job simulator or whatever it is. Oh, uh, fucking pouring coffee on themselves and doing that. And like that's going to be funny streams to watch. It'll be the same way. It's funny to watch somebody play Surgeon Simulator. play goat simulator do something wacky and goofy am i gonna want to play like uh uh narcosis is that what it is the underwater one Mm -hmm. that i'm thinking of yeah like i know that's like totally not i would never want to play that in front of people but plenty of people stream outlast and slender and all these different horror games and are i'm not judging the act of streaming i'm judging that like why does everything have to
1: have this component you know and like this has to be a concern of ours like you have tens of thousands of games that you can stream you know We don't have to worry about this with, with with VR. I don't think. Like, we I'm sure we will, but we don't have to. You know, sure. We never had to worry about this at all. To be perfectly honest with you, but it's, sure. so it's, it's it's one of those. I don't know. I think it's just it speaks more to the way I play games.
0: 100, it does. Yeah, and I think that. But that's. But I think well, VR it is aimed at this person. At, but I think plays it, VR
1: games. is aimed at me. Like, I, I I do think it's. I do. I don't know if that's like really a concern of theirs right now.
0: Sure. You know? Right now, it's can we get it fucking working mm. and sell it? I'm sure they're not like, oh, it has to work with SharePlay. No, I'm right. sure that's not shoehaze over there with a wrench banging on the fucking headset trying to get it just to go. Think about like, even though there's going to be onboard processing, I'm sure, on, v-
1: on PSVR, think about how much the system has to do to render that game enough for you to be able to see it in VR and stuff like that. I mean, Well, that's much- why
0: they have that, that box right that uh, Crescente wrote about. Did right. you see this article while you were gone? About as big as the Wii. All the guts are in there or whatever. It'll be interesting to yeah, see what strain that still puts on mm-hmm. the system and how many USBs it's going out into. I can't wait to just fucking get a headset in the house yeah, and fuck around. You with too. It. Put it on Portillo. Make him puke all over the place. <laughs> Colin, mm. Conti in stereo says we finally got Bastion so the obvious question dot 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 is Transistor ever coming to Vita PS I love many things you are some of the things XOXO no I wouldn't count on that you know th- I, I would imagine I'm not sure Transistor can run on Vita. that's that was my thing right it's a PlayStation 4 game sure and, and don't get me wrong it's not pushing it like last of us remastered or something mm. but there's a lot going on in there that I don't know the PlayStation Vita would be like I'm up to this challenge I don't think there's any reason for them to do that
1: so no, I don't. I don't think that that's going to happen. It also took forever. I'm sure Bastion is not like a, a money maker for them. A Vita, sure. Um, and I'm sure that they have no interest in porting it themselves, so they have to pay someone else to do it. And I just don't. I don't like why. You know. So that'd be nice, but I, I just don't see that. You know. You're going to see fewer and fewer Vita games. It's happening.
0: It's, it's this is the end. D Man eighty eight ninety nine. Hey Colin and Greg, with the recent comments Neil Druckmann made about diversity in Naughty Dog games, specifically Nadine in Uncharted Four and characters like Ellie, do you think that Naughty Dog's next game? In Naughty Dog's next game, the main playable character will be female. Maybe it's The Last of Us Two, or maybe something completely different. But I really think it might happen. Thanks for all you guys. Thank you for all you guys. Uh,
1: I don't know and I don't care. Like this is one of those things where I'm like, let them tell the game. Let them tell, them tell the story they that want. they want to tell. And if yeah. it means that it's going to be a woman or a man or a black woman or an Asian man or whatever like that, and that makes sense for their story, then let them tell them. I don't believe in arbitrary like gender and 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 ethnic. Quotas. I just don't. You'll believe. poop in
0: any bathroom you see. You don't care. Oh,
1: exactly. That's exactly right. I don't. I don't believe that that's good for art. I don't believe that's good for storytelling. Like, yeah. let them. If 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 Neil Druckmann has a vision that gives him a white male protagonist, then let the protagonist be white and male. I mean, that's his prerogative. It doesn't mean anything about yeah. him. Um, I think that people. Th- these questions are always very loaded, and and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of talking about it. I think most gamers are just completely tired of this at this point. Um, they do not care they want games that play well and I think I don't think that I'm speaking for the white male demographic. I think I'm speaking for everyone. We don't care, you yeah. know? just make the games you want to make. And we'll play them, you know. Yeah. I'm excited to play Horizon because it is a female, but that seems to make sense for them, you know. Life is Strange is very interesting because it's about a teenage girl, and you don't see st- games about them very often. That's great, maybe, but that's what made sense for that game, right? That was the vision they had, right? They didn't sit there and hem and haw, but well, it should be. Boring. So I'm not saying that that's what he's insinuating. What I'm saying is oh, that no, you're some not people some him. people do insinuate that, yeah, and like you know qu- these quotas. It's like just go away, like well, no one wants to hear about this anymore. It, it it's you know what's what let the creators create and they will create exactly what's in their mind, and that's what we want to play. We don't want anything less than that, right? So yeah. Um, so you have to just give them the freedom untethered and not make them feel like they're bigoted because they make certain decisions.
0: Valiant Villain wrote it into com slash PSQ just like you can and said, Hello, buddy boys. I think this relationship has become a bit one-sided, so I'd like to ask a question to Mr. Moriarty. Why have you not played Soma? Being a single-player advocate, I think you are missing out on a highly overlooked gem. P.S. I took your recommendation on Until Dawn, and I'm really enjoying it. Take my advice and try Soma. Very refreshing piece. I played a little bit of Soma. Uh, we did a Let's Play for it. I played it for maybe was half that, an hour, 45 minutes. Was that the... Okay, so that wasn't the backlog thing, right? That was just a Soma. That's I think what? it was for the
1: horror week that we did or something like gotcha. that. Gotcha. Uh,
0: what did you think? It was interesting. I mean, I I just... There are other games I want to play.
1: Like There's only so many... So much, you know, this goes back to VR again. I'm excited about PlayStation VR because I'm getting a little tired of just playing the way we play now. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean I don't want to play games like that anymore. I'm excited about a lot of games coming up, but I'm excited about VR because it's going to give me a different way to play. And so, uh, so, so was like, okay, it's like another, I have played this game, you know, maybe <laughs> not this specific game, but, but I've played it before and it just didn't drag me in the way I was hoping it did. So I'm not going to go back to it. Um, I, there are games that I want to play on my list and I hope I get to some of them this holiday season and play anything over Thanksgiving break. So um, but I'm just in one of those moods. I was talking about it with Kevin yesterday when we we're going to Chick-fil-A yeah, that uh, I just am in one of those moods I get into every couple of years have my whole life where I'm just like I don't want to play anything you know and I snap out of it yeah of I always snap out of it um, and it's always a game that drags me out um, there's always a game and it's not necessarily a new game but a game where I'm like you're back you know yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just full you know frankly of a lot of I've just been stressed out the last couple of months I'm full of a lot of anxiety about a lot of
0: random shit and this, these just, are all new emotions for you. You haven't struggled no, with this your entire life, so I can understand why not. this is really throwing you through the works.
1: But I'm just, you know, like I'm just feeling a lot of things right now that are really distracting me. In games, I can't play games when I'm distracted. I know a lot of people play them to get distracted, but I don't. I I'd rather watch TV or just chill, out. dick around, like, yeah, and yeah. that's what I've been doing like the last couple of months. I'm just like, because when I play a game, I want to. If I'm going to play a game, I want to play it. I want to like really get immersed in it. And I, my mind is like going in a million different directions. Same reason why I can't read when I'm like doing like this stuff too, because it's. It's like, uh, you know, it's very personal to me, but it's just like I'm, you know, I'm coming out of a, a pretty bad time, still kind of in you know weird place right now with my, you know, my anxiety and stuff like that. And I'm just trying to like get through that. So the game that's going to grab me might be so in the future, but right now it's not speaking to me very much and I'm putting games in and taking them out constantly. Gotcha. It's like I just don't want to play Yeah, them. It's
0: nothing hitting the spot. You know,
1: so I'll get out of this mood, but I've been here before. I've been here many times. Um, I can't imagine. I just don't understand people that play games that don't take a break from them. Mm, yeah, you know, mm, I need mm. to take a break. Like I'm just not into it right now. I'm not gonna force myself to play anything. You know what will get you back into it. Don't even say it, please. Don't. I just can't.
0: You know. Just end the podcast. Big old <laughs> team. Final question. <laughs> Kumail H says, Happy holidays, Greg and Colin. You too. With Christmas upon us, I was wondering what games do you associate with the festive season? For me, Pokemon is the game I think of when I think Christmas since it's when I completed my Pokédex. Thank you for all your hard work and enjoy your well-deserved break, Kumail. We've... This has come up... I have tell a bunch of t- tired-ass stories, I feel like, with Christmas videos. You sure do. The cat puking on Royal Rumble on the Genesis, yeah. uh, getting my N64. But when I think of like a good... Christmas break game that I got like lost in to come to mind number one Mario 64 mm. I remember getting that with the N64 but then playing it in my room and like in the suburbs of chicago and snow had really snow it had fallen the night before and then i went into this the arctic world or whatever the painting you know what i mean ran around and like skated down the ice on my belly and stuff and it was like it was this weird juxtaposition of it having the i remember i'll never forget it playing in my bedroom on my bed which was pushed up against the window so i had that like actual cold like you know snow feel of the you know air radiating mm. on the window or whatever and then going out and into the snow after doing it stuff like that so that's always there with me and then of course dc universe online because when DC Universe came, Online came out, originally, uh, beta was running up until Christmas, then it came out in January right afterwards. And then I took it, like it that most of the year off and I got really hardcore into it again during Christmas break and lost a whole bunch of hours to it.
1: Yeah, in terms of PlayStation games, I think there are games that I got around Christmas that remind me of Christmas. So, uh, Prep of the Rapper reminds me of Christmas. Um, Tomb Raider 3 reminds me of Christmas. Uh, Brave Fencer Musashi. Mm-hmm. Zeno Gears. Remind me of Christmas. A game that I played the shit out of over Christmas break was Metal Gear Solid in yeah. 1998. Um, I fell in love with that game um, at that point. Uh, that was definitely a Christmas game. Um, so, yeah, it's about the games like, you know, playing Smash Brothers on GameCube. Not a PlayStation game, obviously. So it's those are the games that really remind me of Christmas is, is you know, some of those meaty JRPGs I got in the 90s um, when I was, you know, because I really looked forward to Christmas break. I like fall and winter Winter's winter is like my favorite season. And I, I, I like those because it gets dark early. Things are kind of like withering and dying outside. And like, there's reasons to just stay inside and read and <laughs> yeah, write yeah, and yeah. enjoy media, cuddle
0: up in a blanket, play a game. Or something. And
1: I love playing games. Like I love playing games in the winter. Yeah. And, um, typically not right now. Uh, <laughs> so like playing, you know, Xenogears gears are brave fencer Musashi. I remember, I remember the, I remember playing brave Fencer Musashi in my living room when I was in ninth grade, you know, um, Remember, like, it was yesterday. Like So there are a lot of... Christmas is intrinsically tied um, to uh, the holiday season uh, in that respect. remember, I remember gathering around my TV in my room with my brother and my sisters when I got proud of the rapper in 1997. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of memories.
0: Yeah, Tony right. Hawk's
1: Pro Skater is another Christmas game, 1999. Yeah, um, I remember getting that and uh, Battle of Los Angeles, the Regents machine record.
0: I remember getting uh, Jeopardy on Game Gear. And, that, and my grandfather, Poppy, he had come. He, Poppy was staying with us or whatever because Uncle Scott, gone, he, he lived with them, but he, he came to stay with us. And I remember playing that like just at his feet constantly, you know what I mean, while he was watching TV or doing whatever the hell he was doing. Uh, and then, yeah, like you're talking about like gathering people around, like getting a new, I always got like a new Madden or whatever for Christmas. And that's when Poe would come over. And again, it would be so cold outside. He, we'd all come in and he'd be like bundled up in sweatshirts mm-hmm. or whatever and sit down and play that game forever and ever and ever. Good times. Yeah, man. Enjoy the holidays with your family. Yeah, please, please do. Please do. Uh, time to throw some love at somebody In a segment called P.S. I love this best friend XOXO If you didn't know ladies and gentlemen We like you And you like each other And we are all one big family of best friends So for this segment You go over to kindoffunny.com slash forums Post uh, your PSN name And then I read it out here And then people send you friend requests And nice messages And you all become best friends And play games online This one's a bit interesting This one comes from Phoenix Fire 90 Hey guys I just want to give a Christmas shout out to my dad, Milano67, who watches the show every week. He's a 50-year-old gamer who's still young at heart. He just got his own PS4 after I couldn't get him off mine, which I have had since launch, and his current collection of games include Rainbow Six Siege, Uncharted The Nathan Drake Collection, and Metal Gear Solid five. Keep up the great work from one gamer to another. Happy Holidays, Phoenix Fire 90 So what y'all need to do is go friend Milano67, all one word, M I L A N O. 6 7 uh, he's a 50 year old father who plays rainbow six siege so everybody go send him nice messages of Pretty raising cool. a good kid like phoenix fire 90 who i assume is 90 you know that doesn't make sense but time travel mm-hmm. and then play games with him. colin yes you have to give us this week's forgotten playstation game what do you got for me
1: i got something newer it came out this year but i feel like it was one of these games that no one played right? uh-huh. in a super stardust ultra mm-hmm. L- last time it was my turn i, I talked about a house smart game and i'm going to talk about them again because i love them so much uh Super Stardust Ultra was just a PS4 port, basically kind of a, a, you know, just kind of Super Stardust again. But I just don't feel like people came out at a weird time. It came out like the December, January, you know, kind of like weird transition period where all people aren't playing games and they kind of shit it out. And Housemarque didn't even do it. It was another studio that kind of ported it over. But uh, I want uh, I want people to go play that game because I think it's really, really fun. Super Stardust is so good. Yeah. Um, we talk a lot about Resogun and why that's good. And, and it is. It's a, it's a fantastic game. Maybe their best game. But um. Super Stardust is a special one too and I hope we haven't seen the last of that formula. I don't think we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so go, it's a fun arcade score chasing kind of game and I think people are really going to enjoy it if they haven't played it. So go check out Super Stardust Ultra on PlayStation 4. I think you'll enjoy it.
0: Time for PSN's worst name of the week. Of course, if you have a bad PSN name you'd love to change but Shuhei Yoshida won't let you. Go over to funny.com slash forums post there. This one comes from Anth Anonymous. Hi Colin and Greg. Please let this one be heard. I was having a couple of drinks the other night playing Uncharted Collection, and I really wanted to take in the story to be prepared for Uncharted 4. So as I became more inebriated, I stopped playing and jumped back into the Uncharted 4 multiplayer beta. Immediately after choosing my player and being spawned into the match, I am begrudgingly supposed to communicate and work with a human being who lucidly chose the name Butt Wieners. Please Shuhei, let him change his name. Peace. I love you, XOXO. Anth. Anonymous. Please Shuhei, let him change his name. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been P.S. I Love You XOXO Episode 15. Thank you for your support this entire year. We've only been going for 15 weeks, of course. But as we get close to here, it's the final, the first end of the first year of kind of funny being on its own and stuff. It's been a magnificent ride. Appreciate Appreciate you. We appreciate you so much. We love you very much. Of course, we're not going to miss any weeks. You'll see us next Tuesday with a reader-only giant episode that we're about to record right after this I don't this think morning. it's going to be giant. It won't be giant. We're just going to do a whole bunch of questions, and then I'm going to edit these and finally stop working because it'll be nice. Um, remember, peace, I love you, XOXO comes to you every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. You can get it on YouTube.com slash games or the podcast service of your choice. Please, wherever you get it, wherever you get it. Review it if it has a review system. Give it a thumbs up. But most importantly, share it with your friends. Tweet about it. Facebook it. Do that stuff. Use the hashtag PSI Love You XOXO. Retweet our things when we put it out there and stuff. Help the show grow. Be awesome about it. Thank you. You already are, of course. So don't worry too much about it. Every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a song and a segment we call Singing a Shoe A. Here, it's simple. You go to slash PSM and submit a song you have written, created, performed. I need the YouTube link. I need the Bandcamp link, or wherever I can get the download of the MP3. If you listen to the MP3 of PS, I love you, XOXO. I put your MP3 at the end of it to close it out. If you watch the YouTube version, th- it ends abruptly, <laughs> and you click on the annotation to go watch that YouTube video or channel of that person. Today's song comes from Extra Mile Games. Hey guys, might be a fr- I might be the first indie dev to submit a song I wrote. Smiley emoticon. Long time listener of the podcast Our game is currently on Kickstarter If anyone like to pledge their support Now this is interesting So it's Extra Mile Games The Dev They're kickstarting a game called Night City Assault If you're watching the YouTube video You're going to go watch the trailer for Night City Assault Which has the song that this guy wrote for his game That will now play at the end of this thing So it's this whole thing of craziness If you're on the internet and you want to know more, of course, just Google Night City Assault. You'll find it there. Uh, Extra Mile Games, you are the first indie dev that I know of that's written in to submit a song you wrote for your game. So congratulations on that front. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve
1: you. And happy holidays. Thank you.